Welcome back to my podcast. This is episode nine, and we're going to be talking about a really cool topic with a really special guest. Um, do you want me to introduce you or should you introduce yourself? Introduce me, please, because I can't talk about myself. Okay. Is no, that putting you on the spot? Yes. Oh. Please introduce yourself. I. Uh, what do I say? What do I say about myself? Say your name. What's your name? Hey, guys. My name is Vivian. How old are you? I, I was kidding. I was kidding. Uh, <laughs> I was about to answer you. <laughs> oh, okay. this is gonna be. Oh, this is gonna be chaotic. Okay, let's go. Okay, no answer. Answer what? How old are you? No. Why? Because you probably might put this at some point or have a sound bite ready to blackmail me at some point. I don't know how, how old am I. It's twenty twenty one, but it's not July yet, so I'm still twenty five. Alhamdulillah. Cool beans. Um, and what are you doing with your life? I don't know. Okay, but what are you supposed to be doing with your life? Like, are you in, like, school? Or are you working? Uh, yeah, so I'm a, do- I'm a doctoral student at the University of Maryland. Um, I focus on science education and basically how to get students interested and excited about learning science. I look at it for more of, like, a cognitive, emotional aspect. Um just like the whole like aesthetic of getting students excited and curious about um, the natural world. And I'm also a STEM advocate for um, women um, and I guess minority groups and to some extent, but um, a lot of the work that I do is trying to get um, more, more women, more female scholars into STEM. And um, are you maybe writing a book or? Oh, I am currently writing a book on the alliance between faith and science from an Islamic perspective. Um, And I plan on taking a different or an interesting route with the conversation as a Muslim woman in STEM, as a scholar in education. Um, And hopefully, inshallah, it has a good impact. I kind of also talk about like how to deal with doubts um, when it comes to faith as part of being in that STEM field. Um, and also about how, you know, the role of Muslim women and scholarship, female scholarship in general, um, has played a huge role in the scientific endeavor. Nice. I can't believe how professional you sound. (laughs) So first, before we jump into the actual podcast episode with the cool topic that I'm going to say later, we're going to play a little game to get to know you. I'm going to tell you a word. No, it's not a bad one. Don't worry. Anything, any roasting that I want to do will come offline. So, okay. Um, I'm going to give you like a word and then you say the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? Okay. Some of them are going to be related to this topic, but like to our to- episode Ooh. topic. And then some okay. of them will, will be just random. Okay. First word, pineapple pizza. I hate it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I don't understand it, but I can, yeah, I don't understand it. No. Okay, second word, winter. 
hate you. I hate you. <laughs> soldier. Winter soldier. The third word was going to be soldier. So now we know she's a Marvel fan. Okay. Yes. Um, science. Oh, man. I can't pick one. Uh, first word. Um, um, beautiful. Uh, lovely. <laughs> STEM education. Um, okay, you said that was four words. Um, how about astrology? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> okay, astronomy, so, so this is, you mean yeah, astronomy. This is why I'm saying it, because as a, both of us, as astronomy minors, it's really annoying when people think that astronomy and astrology are the same thing, because they are not. Oh, my God. <laughs> Moving on, writing. Mm, books. Noise. Papers. Mm. It, well, no, we're going to leave that out. Um, you're supposed to say the first word that comes First word. Mind. Not go like, mm, and then think about it. Okay, fine. fine. Okay, okay. Islam. <laughs> women. Okay, the next word was going to be women. <laughs> women. Scholars. Scholars. Okay, nice. Okay, Baltimore. Eunice. <laughs> and last one, femininity. Islam. I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, so that was a very uh, interesting, interesting game. Okay, so let's announce the topic. The topic that we're going to be talking about today is um, femininity in Islam. And it's actually based on this Yaqeen publication that we came across through Aribat class. Uh, we will link it in the description so that everybody who wants to read it can read it. But it's basically called Courage and Commitment. And for me personally, it completely changed my perspective on like what femininity is in Islam and like what women are, who women are in Islam. Um, I don't know about you, Vivian, but I really like that article. And No, I loved it. I mean, the frankness of it and the fact that she addressed like so many interesting and vibrant topics. I use the word vibrant because we often talk about these issues, but not necessarily from an Islamic perspective. And she really like puts it in the Islamic spotlight. And it's just crazy how Islam actually has very strong opinions about these things that are very progressive, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. So usually, usually when you talk about this in a traditional, you know, community, Muslim community, you, you tend to like, I don't know about you, but for me, it's like, you have to, you have to walk on eggshells sometimes, but I loved how frank she was. And she has a lot of references, a lot of evidence from like historical evidence, contextual evidence, um, discussing these matters. So I yeah. loved it. I we're going to talk a little bit about like historic Muslim women in mm -hmm. the end of the episode, which might actually end up being part two, depending on how long we talk for. Oh my God. But, <laughs> okay. Um, so first question that I want to ask you, and I can answer it as well, but when you hear the word femininity, what do you think of? Wait, I just asked you that in the game, but elaborate. So femininity in Islam is an interesting one because for me, at least, it was something that I struggled with understanding growing up in a more of a cultural environment where you know there are gender norms and um certain expectations of of women and it is always associated with islam to some capacity like i i grew up thinking that cutting my hair was quote-unquote haram because islam tries to preserve a woman's femininity kind of thing and it took me i think it was it was seventh grade it was seventh grade i went to an islamic school um, and we had like, you know, an all girls Islamic school and 
at one point I was having this conversation with one of my friends who was talking about trying to get, like, get her haircut and my Islamic teacher overheard it and rolled up her paper and smacked me across the back of my head <laughs> and told me it is not right for you to say something as haram when it's not. That is a cultural expectation and not Islamically um, derived. And I, I, I think it was like since then until now, it's like this growing journey for me and understanding what Islam really does say about femininity and how it differs from the cultural understanding of what it means to be a woman. Um, and it and it really fits in the whole discussion that we have about, you know, gender identity and, you know, the feminist movements and things like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's usually what comes to my mind when I think about it. Yeah, I agree with you. I think when I was younger, also, it was also something that I struggled with, but like the opposite end because I don't like girl things. Like I don't like makeup. Mm. I tried makeup. I even bought eyeliner and I hated it so much. I'm just never going to use it again. (laughs) I don't like, I don't like any of that like stuff. Even when I was little and I also don't like cooking. (laughs) (laughs) So the idea of always like being expected to be the one who's like going to cook and clean and stuff was just Mm. horrible. Like I'd honestly rather just work because I don't know, like, I feel like I might enjoy work more, even though a lot of people don't like it, but it depends on if yeah. you love what you're doing. And it's just like, I don't know, like when I was like maybe 15 or 16, I considered myself a feminist, which now I see how problematic that was because the feminist mm-hmm. movement nowadays is very like not Islamic, like a lot, of, a lot of things about it. And Islam basically like gives us rights, but that was the reason why. And like, yeah, so it was definitely something I struggled with and like this really really helped like that it was you know what's really interesting is because like it's that typical like tomboy kind of label that they would give to girls but especially with this paper and once you like study the lives of the sahabiyat and all the women around the prophet you realize how what's the word like they were just so diverse in their personalities and they covered that wide range of what it means to be a woman like you had you had warriors you had you know, caregivers, people who had soft hearts, people who had, you know, more of a tough edge on things. Um, I mean, I, I would like that story of Safiya radiallahu anha, like how she, you know, and and, um, and everybody was on the borders of Medina fighting that battle with the mushikeen and in the core of, in the middle of the Medina of, or I'm sorry, like in the middle of Medina, all the women and children were there, right? So, that story of how like there was a spy I think that was coming around and checking the place out and at that time Hassan ibn Thabit was supposed to be the guard keeper of like the 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 safe house um but he was also very soft-hearted which is an interesting thing also about masculinity in Islam like how it's portrayed in the Sahaba right like there's this expectation you know of course we have these discussions of toxic masculinity right but even within the companions themselves the male companions they also had that range of you know, what it means to be masculine. Hassan ibn Thabit was so soft-hearted um, and he couldn't handle seeing the sight of blood, but yet the prophet just like assigned him to be there just like, you know, for the show that there's somebody standing with the sword and defending the place. But it was Safiya who caught the spy and, you know, ended up basically beheading him while Hassan ibn Thabit was just like, about to puke from what was happening. And it's just interesting just because 
we're often told about what a woman should do and what she shouldn't do. And unfortunately, sometimes it also even leaks into how we portray the Sahabiyats too. It's, it's crazy. Like they don't necessarily tell us about like the courageousness of. Yeah. Favorite. Like I was obsessed with her when I was younger. Yeah. And then if you come up and be like, Oh, well, what if we want to, I don't know, box or I don't know, or martial hockey. (laughs) <laughs> I used to play hockey and it's like a boyish sport too even in for like Americans yeah yeah you know what's also also interesting is that the personalities of the women of Mecca were very different from the personalities yeah, of the women I in never Medina. knew that before same same and it was interesting because it based it was based on how they were raised it was based on the environment like the women in Medina were much more um they're much more what's the word like what's the word they were they were part of the community of, of course everybody was part of the community but they well, actually were they were more like domestic if that makes sense yes yeah like, exactly yeah I think it was also dependent on like what because Me- Mecca was like um it was like a like a major city or whatever so you could mm. like there was a lot of people but maybe Medina was a farming community so they needed like women mm-hmm. to work I, I, I think it was this, this fact that Mecca was more of a trading center yeah. And so there was not much to do with like going outside and being involved in the community. That's unless kind you of were funny because today it's usually the opposite. In cities, like yeah. women are a lot more like do whatever, but yeah, cool. So with that introduction to what we personally think femininity is, we just wanted to talk a little bit about like the global June Cleaver, mm. um, which was very interesting. I never thought about that before. So I don't know if you want to go ahead with that or... Well, I can start off by saying I had no idea who she was until I read that paper. And I okay, had neither no did I. Idea. I just knew about like the uh, whole stereotype from WandaVision. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, it makes so much more sense. Like the 19, like the 50s housewife, typical housewife. And it's always depicted as it's like, it's romanticized as it's like, you know, she's having a happy life. She's got an amazing husband. But interestingly though, interestingly, in the 50s, even though, there was that housewife figure the husband figure was also as significant like if you think about it think about it like the woman did not need to go out and work because the husband was actually expected to provide for his family and did right and it's, it's interesting because in today's day and age of course I mean there are a lot more women in the workforce and of course there's a lot of I feel like we're living in like an economic um in a in a day and age where economically it's not possible to have a single yeah like a single um what's it called single like breadwinner or house provider or something it's always like yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that one that was another issue that they were talking about as well the way that you know the industrial revolution and what has happened after that as as a what's it called as a consequence of trying to maximize the economy somehow um it's very very hard to have that like stereotypical 50s house model family model today um but again going back to the june cleaver image what i found really interesting is that islam really didn't have that imagery to an extent like we didn't we didn't have a june cleaver in the muslim world but it was created for us mainly by like the western propaganda and things like that to further you know imply that you know, Muslim women need saving or whatnot because they're covered by the hijab or the burqa and they're commanded to stay at home. Even the verses in the Quran that talk about, you know, a woman's role 
um, or like the, that verse that that verse that talks about how the wives of the prophet, peace be upon him, um, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded for them to reside in their homes. And for them, it's a very different situation. It's a very different context. It's like asking the queen to make sure that she's got her security, right? Like she's she's in her palace and not just walking around in the streets because they were they were community leaders. They were big deals um, um, within the community. And unfortunately, with this situation going on in Medina with a lot, you know, the rise of hypocrisy and literally spies going around, you know, one of the ways that to infiltrate basically a system is to go through like to go at its core and the mothers of the believers the wives of the prophet peace be upon them were of that like of that huge status but nonetheless even though they were told to stay at home it didn't like diminish their role in society it didn't diminish their ability to be scholars to be guardians of the quran right um like they had their own <laughs> we're just gonna be capable like dropping marvel references every now and oh yeah that's true and also like um, it's just like how now we're being told to stay home for the lockdown oh, and true. it's not diminishing our ability. <laughs> true. <laughs> this true. It is diminishing our ability, but. I mean, it is opening up the possibilities of what we can do, even if we're in lockdown. I, I find that interesting. Say. I don't I, like it. I mean, I love it. I'm, oh. I, I am the introvert who will stay in her home even after the COVID restrictions lift. <laughs> I'm not going to let you do that. I'm just letting uh. you understand let me let no. me be at peace no you've been at peace for a whole year i hate social interactions <laughs> you don't have to do social interactions you can still live your life nah. I don't like social interactions either i i'd stay i I'd, I'd still stay home i'd still voluntarily want like to this are you boring <laughs> okay anyways um so yeah so like we were saying yeah western missionary schools and governments actually introduced their own beliefs about femininity to muslim lands Mm -hmm. They never came from Muslim lands and like, you know, because of colonialism and that colonial mindset that a lot of people in Muslim countries had, we ended up picking up these like stereotypes and um, perpetuating them. Yeah. And it's and it's incredible how you find that in like the whole Orientalist like culture. Um, And this like this idea of like sexualization of Muslim women that, oh, they have to cover themselves up because men desire them or whatever and men have to have full control over them it's just so crazy how they just come up with these ideas and these tropes and it's so ingrained in our minds nowadays like even for muslims themselves they have adopted these viewpoints when when we study like the time when the ayat of the hijab were revealed it wasn't it wasn't exclusively about protecting a woman's modesty and and sexuality if some people will take that 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 aspect of it but the quran is pretty explicit about how it's literally for the identification of women as women of god like they're people of god and you do not mess with her because they were so objectified and because they were in this society this cultural like disaster of of just women having no rights women having no respect treated as literally objects of desire and then it's just like Allah coming in and be like yo if she's wearing a hijab you know that she is a servant of mine and you do not come near her and you do not touch her and of course the whole conversation about hijab and first I don't know why it's become such a like such a sensitive topic um I do I do I am of the opinion that it is like it is fault there is no doubt that hijab is fault the idea of it being a choice I mean I respect that and I understand it because it is challenging in today's time and era 
Um, but for people who come up and say that, oh, hijab is not far, that's not mentioned in the Quran, these people, I'm so sorry, just please stop talking because you are not, you are not representing Islam in its proper way. The Quran is very explicit in two very prominent places in Surah Al-Ahzab and in Surah Al-Nur, where Allah talks about women specifically wearing the, the khimar, right? The word hijab isn't used in the Quran, but there's a more specific and more explicit word used, and that's the khimar. And khimar is an actual headpiece. That word is used. Hijab has multiple meanings in the Arabic language. Um, and it is mentioned in the Quran, but in different contexts. So like, there's an, another verse that talks about how Allah has a hijab. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a hijab. Um, and his hijab is made of nur, right? And then for women, Hijab isn't used, but the khimar, the actual article of clothing is used. And this gets to the whole con conversation about how hijab is also like, it's a concept. It's like also a mindset, a mindset, so to speak. Um, but that's that's the whole, that, in, if we're talking about hijab, um, that's my personal opinion about it. And um, I'm sorry, what, what were we talking about? I don't even remember. <laughs> I was going to say, um, oh, yeah, we were talking about like Orientalist tropes and like the sexualization of Muslim women. Actually, the really interesting thing. So there's this fictional book that I used to love when I was like 16. It's called Rebel of the Sands. The story overall is really nice, but it's like it's very Orientalist for sure. Aladdin is Orientalist, too, and that movie actually oh sucks. Don't I don't like it. Just watch Moana or something instead. But <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say that the live action remake or whatever pissed me off so much. You I mean, watched I get it. it. I told I you not, not to watch it. it. It's actually bad. I actually did not watch it. I only watched the trailer and then some scenes until I decided that I wasn't going to watch this. Okay, number one, they literally just mashed all cultures that were literally... Like oriental like, cultures that's what i'm saying right like like aladdin was supposed to be this arabian tale right but then they go apparently ahead and... not even like i, I mean, looked it up and it said that aladdin originated from like the indian subcontinent apparently this okay so it's this just is what, confusing this is what, they mashed the yeah. cultures together and it makes no sense but it makes anyway. no sense and the things that people will talk about how it's like oh it's supposed to be inclusive and diverse and i'm like okay sure but don't call it aladdin don't call it like don't don't um, no, don't don't call it anything to be honest just it's just it just it just shows how western mentality has been so conditioned to group everybody together in this one group called the exotic middle east subcontinent i don't know whatever it, it, it just it just it pisses me yeah it's either like we're the bad guy or like actually no it's like middle eastern men are like these horrible people that go around like killing people for fun mm. and then middle eastern women are like seductive exactly exactly and that problem. whole song about being free to do what she wants to do <laughs> and her voice not being silenced why like why when was it silenced and and i mean i mean yes it's been silenced by and the pet tiger oh my god oh my god there's just so much there's like i, I know it's not the topic of this discussion but i mean it kind of is also there's like two videos that i will link in the description but one of them mm -hmm. has like a critique of iron man and the first time i saw it i <sighs> reacted to that but i get it my heart was very very like scared no i know you put that on purpose <laughs> just to bother me because you know I like Iron Man no it's not even that I was talking about the first episode of Winter Soldier where they had that opening scene of the Falcon okay, flying over even, okay there's this that whole show is problematic on so many levels not even in terms of orientalism like don't get me started in that discussion because it's like it's even though Bucky has my heart but it's just it's just so 
it's it's like struggling with like the underlying tones. I get it. They're trying to talk about racism and being real about hey, the whole. This is what I hate about corporations, though. They mm. all day they talk and talk and talk and talk about racism, but then when it like comes to actually doing something about it, or like they put they make racism seem like it's like aside from like the military industrial complex or like mm. aside from imperialism, but it's literally all comes under one package. And the way they just, like, they have, like, the military being, like, the good guys and then, like, these, like, protesters being the bad guys and then they try to act like they know something about racism or, like, put that as a message, like, don't be racist. It just doesn't go. So I really see that show. You know that, you know the meme of the Ever Giver? Ever Giver? Was that the the boat, the name of the boat that got stuck in the Suez? (laughs) I should know the name. I should know the name. The Ever something. Ever something. No, Evergreen? no, ever something. Maybe, maybe evergreen. Did I just say? Anyway, that ship, the meme of the ship being like that huge, like elephant in the room, and then that little tractor just like digging out, <laughs> like that. That would. That's literally the show at the moment. And I know it's it's problematic, and I'm 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 trying to enjoy it just to see Bucky's character arc at the moment. But <laughs> other than that, I've I've I do have problems about it. This has nothing to do with. <laughs> um but honestly that okay aside from the show let's go back to the topic we were talking about i hope everyone enjoyed our little critique of marvel in general actually yeah marvel in general because i feel like they do put a lot of these um little problematic references in their movies and shows even in iron man unfortunately and it has such like it's so good like the storyline is so good but when you look at the, the yeah the you know it wasn't vision. problematic mm. WandaVision wasn't problematic at all oh I mean unless you want to talk about her therapy not <laughs> her being <technique>. there <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah mm. okay, yeah okay I mean that is problematic but it's not like I feel like we can all low-key relate to that like if I could do it without harming the people I would not in a that lie. is that is that is deep that is deep because it really does humanize these quote-unquote superheroes and I feel like that's what that's really what made Marvel so we're, we're, we're talking about Marvel now I'm laughing like, <laughs> but no that's that's right that's why Marvel has been so successful because they've made their characters so relatable and so human yeah like in Black Panther where they didn't like completely make him a villain like it's like mm. you can see where um what's his name not Black yeah. Panther his cousin Oh my god, we don't know his name. Wow, I forgot um, his name and I just watched it like oh, no, but yeah, that's what like he oh man. He's not like a he's not like totally a bad guy. Like you can see you understand him. Like you can yeah. understand why. And you and you if you were in that position, you probably would like you there's a high chance you could have made the same decision as he did. Yeah. Like imagine those years knowing about Wakanda and having been subjugated by this like racist system when there was yeah. this whole entire country that could have done something about it but didn't anyway um that was <laughs> okay, a good movie and that's of the marvel critique chadwick bosman okay yeah <laughs> what was his name it's gonna drive me crazy i'm gonna look it up right now that's a smart thing to do black panther imagine both of us just blanked out that is actually bad killmonger <laughs> yes killmonger. eric killmonger yeah that that's who we were talking about but okay enough of the marvel critique i feel like this is like a nice little tangent for people to listen to our critiques of marvel but this um, is what we do in our free time like in our text be like 
why did they do this? Anyway, yeah, back back to the June Cleaver. Yeah, so back trope, to the June yeah. Cleaver. Yeah, so like the problem with that is that it was like very Western. It was a Western idea that they like transported or imported to like the countries that they colonized along with many other problematic ideas obviously but that's just one of them um thank you so much for agreeing to be on this podcast i appreciate it thank you for having me and i mean we've had so many tangents but this is just because we know each other so well and we've talked about this so many times before but yeah i hope i hope other people will actually enjoy our little banter yeah i feel like that makes it more interesting at least it's not like a boring it's it's not it's it's, yeah i mean if if we're comfortable with talking about things like that i feel like there's more space to discuss and hopefully other people can join in the conversation i don't know how it works for you guys but i like this i like this this was nice cool so would you consider being my podcast co-host in the future oh my god maybe for season two you know what why not why not i i may know some people but it would be more about science muslims and scholarship (laughs) i mean we already we already talk about muslims yeah yeah i mean i have no problem with helping you out and finding people um, no, not but I feel like being my co-host. I think you do a really great job at initiating conversation, though. Oh, I don't that's know. Surprising to hear. I tend to talk too too much, and I need to be dialed down a little bit, just a tad bit. So I think you you are definitely you're doing a really really great job. By the way, mashallah, mashallah. You see the eye roll. <laughs> Stop saying that. Don't take this out. Don't take. This I will out. take this out. I don't like it when you say no. that. No, no, no. Okay, anyways, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's, been, it's actually been an off fun. Oh, wait, fun. who's our inspiring Muslim woman of the month? Ooh, live or dead? Huh? Alive or dead? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> uh, let's make this first one be someone who's alive. Mm, oh, man. I was going to say Malcolm X, and I realized he's not a woman. <laughs> you know, to be fair, I'll say this just because we both recently had a class with her. Um, and she's been having a great impact on both of us in terms of our understanding of femininity. And also she wrote that paper that we just discussed, but um, honestly, Dr. Tamara Gray, Anste Tamara Gray, um, I, I definitely would vouch for her being the great woman of this month because mashallah, mashallah, like she really does set the path for a lot of other Muslim women to try to gain that kind of scholarship and create positive change for not just Muslim women, but for the community. And I feel like we are in a time where we desperately need those kind of voices. So whoever's listening to this right now, please, please read her paper and try to see if they can um, sign up for a Rabat class. I don't know, check out their website if you are a sister. Um, It is an institution for Islamic knowledge uh, for women taught by Muslim women scholars and you can actually become a scholar yourself through their program um and their classes are incredible they're incredible i mean it's one thing to take a aqidah class and it's one whole other thing to take a aqidah class from a perspective of you know a female scholar i feel like the the perspective is very unique um, yeah i agree with that i really yeah. like robots but yeah i'll link it in the description but thank you so much for listening to this and see you all in the next episode yay <laughs> bye <laughs>
Assalamualaikum. Waalaikumsalam.